the battle strife jesus saves jesus saves let is the if and endless life jesus saves jesus saves sing it softly through the gloom when the heart for mercy craves sing in triumph for the tomb jesus saves jesus saves give the winds a mighty voice jesus saves jesus saves let the nations now rejoice jesus saves jesus saves shout salvation full and free highest hill and deepest caves this our song of victory jesus saves jesus saves amen hey. Hey. fellowship one with another it's good to be in the lord's house today amen Amen. I'm thankful tonight for salvation, aren't you? Amen. I still believe that ought to be the rallying cry of the local church. Jesus saves. Amen. Uh, how many of you tonight can uh, are thankful that you know what it is to be saved by God's amazing and marvelous grace? We do appreciate your presence on this, uh, I was about to say, this last service uh, for uh, 2023, but that's not the case as we will have um, a New Year's Eve service this upcoming Lord's Day. But it is the last Wednesday night service uh, before the New Year. I don't know about anybody else, but um, where's time gone? Amen. It doesn't seem possible that uh, we're um, ex exiting out uh, of uh, one year and bringing in another. But, um, amen, the older you get, the faster time goes. That's all I know to say. So, uh, Hope everybody had a good Christmas holiday and spending time together with your family and your friends and uh, uh, amen and uh, I don't know about anybody else but um, after Thanksgiving and then the kind of eating that I've done the last couple of days it's it is definitely going to be time for me to go on a diet uh, the first of the year but I'm you know and I know that defeats the purpose but it's kind of a mental thing for me when I know I'm getting ready to start dieting. Uh, the last uh, few days, uh, I eat everything in sight, you know. Uh, I have no idea why, but 
Um, amen. We humans are certainly funny creatures, that's for sure. But uh, appreciate you being here tonight and uh, trust that, uh, well, I know God's been good to you. Amen. No doubt about that. The Lord's been good to all of us. And um, amen. Uh, 2023 certainly uh, has been a tough and trying year in many ways, but amen. God's been good to us and uh, uh, amen. Uh, looking for, for great things next year. Amen. But Jesus could come back uh, before the clock strikes midnight. January 31st. Did you realize that? Uh, the Lord could, could return uh, before, um, before the ball drops uh, here in just a, a few days. But um, All right, just by way of announcements, I don't know that I have any announcements. Anybody have any announcements tonight? Anything we need to be thinking about as far as the church is concerned? All right, no announcements. Uh, prayer request. Um, amen. We still need to pray for all those who are uh, going through uh, trying times and uh, appreciate prayers that went up on behalf of uh, Brother Williams' family as they did conduct the uh, funeral services for his uh, cousin last night. And uh, amen, I was privileged to attend that. thought William did a, a good job under very difficult uh, circumstances. Uh, but thank you for all those prayers and continue to remember his family in prayer. Uh, pray for all of our sick and shut-in, those who uh, are unable to attend church. We, did, uh, we were able to go by and see uh, several of them over the last few days, and we're thankful for that. Uh, uh, amen. But I'll just give you an opportunity, anything that you might have in your heart that you'd like to bring uh, before the church before we go any further tonight in our service. My uh, sister-in-law, as she needs, she needs our prayers. I'll say this: there's a lot of sick folk. Uh, sickness and things are running rampant, and so far I hadn't come down with it, but I want to keep it that way. Hallelujah, uh, Amen. Uh, other prayer needs tonight. Pray for Beth. Remember Beth in prayer. I mean, just because she's Beth, just remember her in prayer, all right? We, William shaking his head, yes. Uh, amen. Good to have my buddy Corey with us tonight. Appreciate Corey being here. And uh, he's been sick and under the weather a little bit, but uh, uh, amen. Remember him in prayer. Anyone else this evening? Boy, y'all's quiet. Still having Christmas, carrying on from Christmas, right? Amen. Continue to remember our church in prayer. Uh, remember uh, our nation. Uh, certainly continue to remember everything that's going on in Israel. I was able to eat lunch today with uh, Brother Dylan uh, Bailey and uh, continue to remember his dad. Eddie is making tremendous progress. Pray for him. Pray for his mom. Uh, as well, and continue to pray for their church, not just their church, but other churches of like faith. Uh, amen. Talked with, uh, you know, several pastors along the way, and uh, a lot of churches are struggling right now, and we really just need to, to
to pray for one another and uh, build one another up, encourage each other in the faith. Uh, it's not just about what goes on here at United, amen, uh, but we need to pray that um, we just got to keep on keeping on and believe that uh, we're closer now uh, to His coming than we ever have been. Do you believe that tonight? I believe Jesus is coming soon with all my heart. Any, any others tonight? Amen. That's right. I would ask you to pray for the art ministries. I've had two opportunities this week to be a witness to people. Uh, uh, I believe the Lord allowed to cross my path. Just pray that uh, we point people to Jesus by way of that ministry. Anyone else? Unspoken request tonight by the uplifted hand. Lost loved ones we need to remember in prayer. Uh, we will gather around the altar and we'll bring these requests for the Lord. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Brother William, you lead us in prayer, brother. Father, I thank you, God, tonight for this uh, chance that we have to assemble ourselves together, Lord. Another prayer meeting service. Uh, Lord, thank you, God, uh, for the privilege we have, God, to, to gather here at this place in your name, Father, uh, with your people, God. Thank you, Lord, for the family of God. Lord, I'm thankful uh, for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, thank you for each and every one that's made their way uh, out to this place this evening. And Lord, I pray that our gathering would not be in vain. I pray that you'd help us as we study your word, that we'd learn more about you. And Lord, I pray, Father, that you'd challenge our hearts, and Lord, you'd just help us to be drawn uh, closer to you than we ever have before. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, that our service might bring uh, honor and glory and praise to thy name, and you alone are worthy. Uh, Lord, forgive us and uh, cleanse us uh, from all sin, anything uh, uh, that might exist in and through our lives that would bring reproach to your name, I pray that you'd remove it. Uh, Lord, uh, uh, get it out of the way, Lord. And Father, I just, uh, uh, Lord, just, uh, uh, Lord, I'm so thankful, Lord, uh, for forgiveness, Lord, of sin. Uh, Lord, help us to always trust the, uh, uh, Lord, the uh, unfailing, faithful forgiveness of our loving Savior. And Lord, tonight, Bless every prayer request. Uh, continue to bless William's family, uh, Lord, as uh, as they still uh, are, are grieving the loss, the unexpected sudden loss uh, of that loved one. Uh, bless others. Bless our, our sick and shut-in. Uh, Father, I pray that you bless uh, our nation. Uh, Father, I pray that you would bless uh, our leaders. God, I pray for other churches. Lord, I pray for... Greystone, Lord, bless them, and Lord, just other churches, Father, that are going through things. Lord, uh, I just pray that you just help we as the people of God to understand, Lord, that the, Lord, that the, uh, Lord, the, uh, 
Lord, to the dancers, to the opposition, Lord, the first graces. Uh, Lord, this is once more a sign of just how close we are to the soon uh, uh, coming of our Savior. Lord, we don't believe it'll be long. Lord Jesus, we pray in your precious name. Help us to be found faithful in all things, whatever we do. Lord, I pray tonight you help me as I preach to share these truths. Lord, as uh, you've uh, so graciously uh, given me the opportunity to, to preach to them and to deliver them unto your people. That's true, yes, a long time, I guess, would she be alto, the lead, lead singer for the, for the McCamey's, Peg McCamey passed away, uh, went home to be with the Lord, so remember that family in prayer. Anybody have anything tonight, anything on your heart, a song, testimony, just a word you'd like to share with the uh, congregation before we go any further tonight in the service? Amen. 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 Sure. Amen. Amen. Yes, he could. Amen. Amen. It's good. You know, I think one of the tools that the devil uses uh, against us is, um, you know, uselessness. It makes us feel as if, you know, we're of no value, no significance. You know, uh, certainly uh, we don't, don't need to be guilty of thinking of ourselves more highly than what we should think. But we don't need to think of ourselves more lowly either. There needs to be a balance there and understand that, amen, if God's left us here, he's done so for a reason. Uh, amen. Listen, I, uh, I may be a nobody, but I, I know somebody. And it's who I know that gives me a newfound identity. And uh, amen. Uh, uh, listen, uh, God knows what he's doing. And if we've got breath in our lungs, we can make a difference for him and for his name. Amen. Appreciate that. Any others tonight?
Amen. Amen. It's good, brother. Anybody else tonight? Well, turn to uh, Jeremiah 46 in the Word of God. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 46. Love the, the Bible, don't you? Amen. And I'm thankful uh, every chance that we have to study. Uh, his word. Let's um, turn me up just a little bit, Caroline, if you will. Jeremiah 46, verse number 1, the Bible says, The word of the Lord which came to Jeremiah the prophet against the Gentiles, against Egypt, against the army of Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, which was by the river Euphrates in Carchemish, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, smote in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Order ye the, the buckler and shield and draw near to battle. Harness the horses and get up, ye horsemen, and stand forth with ye helmets. Furbish the spears and put on the uh, brigandines. Wherefore have I seen them dismayed and turned away back, and their mighty ones are beaten down and are fled uh, apace and look not back for Fear was round about, saith the Lord, let not the swift flee away, nor the mighty man escape. They shall stumble and fall towards the north by the river Euphrates. Who is this that cometh up as a flood, whose waters are moved as the rivers? Egypt riseth up like a flood, and his waters are moved like the rivers. And he saith, I will go up, and I will cover the earth. I will destroy the city and the inhabitants Thereof, Come up, ye horses, and rage, ye chariots, and let the mighty men come forth, the Ethiopians and the Libyans that handle the shield, and the Lydians that handle uh, and bend the bow. For this is the day of the Lord God of hosts, a day of vengeance, that he may avenge him of his adversaries. And the, the sword shall devour, and it shall uh, be satiate and made drunk with their blood." For the Lord God of hosts hath a sacrifice in the north country by the river Euphrates. Go up into Gilead and take balm, O virgin, the daughter of Egypt. In vain shalt thou use many medicines, for thou shalt not be cured. The nations have heard of thy shame, and the cry hath filled the land. For the mighty man hath stumbled against the mighty, and they are fallen both together. The word that the Lord spake to Jeremiah the prophet, how Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, should come and smite the land of Egypt. Declare ye in Egypt, and publish in Migdal, and publish in Nauf, and in Taphanes. Uh, say ye, stand fast, and prepare thee, for the sword shall devour round about thee. Why are thy valiant men swept away? They stood not, because the Lord did drive them. Uh, he made many to fall, yea, one fell upon another, and they said, Arise, and let us go again to our own people and to the land of our nativity from the oppressing sword. They did cry there, Pharaoh king of Egypt, but a noise he hath passed the time appointed. As I live, saith the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts, 
Surely as Tabor is among the mountains, and as Carmel by the sea, so shall he come. O thou daughter dwelling in Egypt, furnish thyself to go into captivity, for Nauf shall be waste and desolate without an inhabitant. Egypt is like a very fair heifer, but destruction cometh. It cometh out of the north. Also her hired men are in the midst of her like fatted bullocks, for they, shall, or they, for they also are turned back and are fled away together. They did not stand because the day of their calamity was come upon them and the time of their visitation. The voice thereof shall go like a serpent, for they shall march with an army and come against her with axes as hewers of wood. They shall cut down their forests, saith the Lord, uh, though it cannot be searched because they are more than the grasshoppers and are innumerable. The daughter of Egypt shall be confounded. She shall be de delivered into the hand of the people of the north. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saith, Behold, I'll punish the multitude of Nah and Pharaoh and Egypt with their gods and their kings, even Pharaoh, and all them that trust in him. And I'll deliver them into the hand of those that seek their lives, and into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of, Nebuchadnezzar, yeah, king of Babylon, and into the hand of his servant, and afterward it shall be inhabited as in the days of old, saith the Lord. But fear, thou, fear not thou, O my servant, Jacob, or, and be not dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I'll save thee from afar off, and thy seed from the land of their captivity, and Jacob shall return and be in rest and at ease, and none shall make him afraid. Fear thou not, O Jacob, my servant, saith the Lord, for I am with thee, for I will make a full end of all the nations, whither I have driven thee. But I will not make a full end of thee, but correct thee in measure. Uh, yet will I not leave thee wholly unpunished. We'll preach tonight on this uh, thought, the judgment uh, of Egypt. The judgment of Egypt. Father in heaven, I love you. I pray, God, that you'd help us tonight as we share your truths. Uh, thank you for the word of God. And Lord, um, uh, God, uh, we just thank you, Father, uh, Lord, for the, uh, the accuracy of your word. Uh, we can compare the events that are described for us in Scripture uh, with secular history and we'll find a parallel uh, harmony. Uh, amongst the various accounts, God. Your word is true. Your word is perfect. Your So we'll try another one. All right, so again, the judgment of Egypt. So what we've got to understand uh, is we're coming to a transition, uh, the final transition of the book of Jeremiah, the last uh, six chapters, 46 through 52. They deal with specific judgments that are pronounced by the Lord in and upon various nations that surrounded Judah. Uh, and... Something that 
a lot of times we overlook is the fact that Jeremiah was not just a prophet to Judah. Certainly that was his primary responsibility, but uh, when the Lord called him, he did so. He called him not to just be a prophet unto Judah, but unto other nations as well. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, The Lord speaking, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And by the way, that's a wonderful uh, uh, proof that life begins uh, at conception, amen, uh, not at the time of, of actual birth. But I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Again, a lot of times we think of Jeremiah being a prophet exclusively to the Jewish people, but he was also a prophet unto other nations as well. So again, chapter number 46 provides us with a specific prophecy directed towards uh, the kingdom of Egypt. Now look with me first of all at inclusion. We're going to go through this. And let me just say ahead of time, some of this is going to be just more interpretation and, uh, amen, just providing of the information. Do my best to make an application. These next six chapters are going to be a little bit difficult by way of application, but they're here for a reason. And we certainly have lessons we can learn from them. And I believe we'd be doing God a disservice in His Word just to skip over them just because they're a little bit harder to, uh, to, to get through. So you pray for me. I do need your prayers over these uh, next six chapters of study. And then we'll be finished with Jeremiah and we can go somewhere else. Hallelujah. Uh, glory to God. But again, uh, an inclusion. The word of the Lord which came to Jeremiah, the prophet, against the Gentiles, verse 1. Now, as we study these next six chapters, uh, there are several nations that are addressed uh, as it relates to God's dealing with them. Uh, first of all, the prophecy towards uh, the, uh, concerning the judgment of Egypt. Then the Lord deals with Philistia. Then we find uh, uh, Moab is mentioned, and Ammon, Edom, Syria, which is, uh, amen, uh, amen, uh, uh, Syria, Kedar, Hazor, Elam, and finally, God deals with uh, the most relevant kingdom that existed at that point in time, and that was Babylon. Amen. God had some final words and some final instructions for Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar. Um, you know, and in my studies, as I was preparing for this, one of the one of the statements that that was made is how that. If nothing else, you can see the hand of God in the dealings with not just with men and men, men's lives, people, the lives of, of people, but listen, also the way God deals with nations. Uh, amen. I, I believe God, uh, amen, uh, is in control. Amen. I believe God, uh, amen, He's still the one pulling the strings, calling the shots, and ultimately uh, God has a, a purpose and He has a an intent not just for uh, His people, but also uh, as it relates to uh, His dealings with the people of this world and, specific, and, the, and the various nations that occupy uh, planet earth. So these specific judgments that are pronounced against these various groups, again, Egypt, Philistia, Moab, Ammon, uh, Edom, Syria, uh, Kedar, Hazor, uh, Elam and Babylon. Now there's an identification. But this specifically, verse number 2, is against Egypt. Uh, 
And even more specifically, or more particularly, the army of Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt. Now this is not the start, the, uh, amen, what has been the backup, now getting ready to be the starting quarterback of Tennessee, amen. Some of y'all don't get that, but that's all right. This king, now again I mentioned it in my prayer, but folks, one of the most amazing things about the Bible is how that, uh, amen, the Bible, uh, you, you, you know what, you know what, you know, we've got a lot of people today, whether it be the scientists, archaeologists, geologists, historians that want to deny God's Word. Amen? You know, they want to, to view a, um, scientific theory. I was about to say fact, but most of it's theory. Amen? The philosophies and the ideas of man as being superior to the Word of God. And they want to find ways to where, uh, you know, uh, their research and, and uh, amen, all of their exp scientific experience, uh, experiments, their uh, historical and geological data, amen, supposedly contradicts the Bible. But what you find is it parallels the Word of God. And it proves God's Word. Uh, amen. Uh, and, and, and listen, uh, it just legitimizes the Word of God. And you say, well, what happens when there is a contradiction? Well, it proves the Bible's right and all these other things that man wants to, to, to uh, promote as being uh, factual and, and, and uh, authentic and, and real. Amen. Listen, a lot of times it's just a, a fantasy and a, a fable. Amen. Uh, you know, carbon dating is, a, is an example of that. And I don't want to get into science. I, I am not, listen, science was not... Not my expertise, but I did take some creation science uh, in, um, uh, in, in Bible college. And you would be amazed, you know, uh, scientists and geologists, they want to, uh, they want to tout this method of, of determining the age of the earth, uh, carbon dating, as being flawless and being, listen, friend, you know, there are so many holes and there are so many flaws with, that, that have been proven, it, listen, it's, it's not, uh, I mean, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's just, uh, 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 man, I hate it when, I, when, I, when that happens. Amen. But listen, uh, you know what? We can explain carbon dating very simply, and that's through the flood. Amen? These, these various layers, consistent, that's the word I was trying to find, come up with. But listen, all these various layers, amen, and this layer is this million years and the next layer is another million years and so on and so forth. Listen, uh, did you know that the, how in the world I get off on all this, but uh, amen, you can, you can examine the eruption that occurred, the volcanic eruption that occurred at Mount St. Helens and that provides us with a miniature demonstration of how that Supposedly, all these layers of sediment that they want to study at, at the Grand Canyon, it's a, it's a miniature version showing how that all of that could happen, amen, not over a long extended process, but amen, in just a very brief period of time. Amen. God's Word is true. God's Word is reliable. God's Word is trustworthy. So again, you can study. My point is, this, this um, not only Nebuchadnezzar, but this this king, this Egyptian pharaoh by the name of Necho, is a historical figure. 
He truly existed in in the records, not just of biblical history, but also secular history as well. Uh, Historically speaking, there were two Nikos, Nico 1 and Nico 2. Well, three if you count our quarterback. I'll quit with that, all right? Just trying to keep your your attention, keep Pam from falling asleep. Uh, Hallelujah. But this Nico II fought against Josiah. And we know Josiah was the last godly king in Judah who uh, did his very best to bring about a national revival in the land. Ultimately, his attempts failed not because of himself, but because of the uh, unwillingness of God's people to go along with him. But again, Nico fought against Josiah at Megiddo. And that, is a, uh, should, that name should, should ring a bell to you because that, that's the place Megiddo, uh, amen, the Valley of Estrell, uh, amen, also where the, ba- the, the Battle of Armageddon will take place. And once again, that is a literal valley that exists in the Holy Land. Uh, uh, amen. In fact, am I right by saying that uh, Mom, Amar, Amir Safari lives in that area? I thought that was the case. But uh, 609 B.C., Nico fought against, Pharaoh Nico of Egypt fought against Josiah, king of Judah, 609 B.C., and he slew him there. All right, now a location, verse number 2, which was by the river Euphrates in Carchemish. Of course, we know that the Euphrates River was a, a historical river, uh, amen, in between uh, which dwelt the, uh, amen, uh, on either side of the two great rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates River, uh, amen, uh, dwelt what we know as the Fertile Crescent. Many believe that's uh, the area, uh, generally speaking, where the Garden of Eden was located. But again, the Euphrates River at the famous Battle of Carchemish. Now again, that's something we've discussed previously in our study of the book of Jeremiah but the battle of Carchemish was a famous battle that occurred between Nico, Pharaoh of Egypt, and Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, in 605 B.C., located along the banks of the Euphrates River. And, uh, and as it relates to God's people, Judah, the people of Judah, the Jews, they developed a false sense of security believing that God would, in essence, deliver them from Babylon by the hand of Nico. Now, of course, they were using the previous experience of Hezekiah, how that when the city of Jerusalem had been surrounded previously by the Assyrians, amen, the man of God got a hold of the Lord, and God won a great victory and miraculously delivered His people in the city of Jerusalem uh, out of the hands of the Assyrians. And they just assumed that because he did it the first time, he'd do it the second time. Well, the problem is, amen, there wasn't a Hezekiah on the throne. Uh, Amen. To get a hold of God uh, in this instant, God's people had not repented and they had refused to heed the warnings of Jeremiah. Nebuchadnezzar had surrounded the city. He was besieging the city. Ultimately, he would destroy the city, burn the walls. Uh, Amen. Uh, basically annihilate the temple. But again, this battle of Carchemish to where Nebuchadnezzar had to temporarily leave uh, Jerusalem and deal with Nico, king of Egypt, 
Uh, and again, God's people said, well, the Lord's deliverance. The problem is, Nico was defeated. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar won that great victory. And ultimately, what that did, that, uh, amen, when Nebuchadnezzar won the battle of Carchemish, uh, amen, this decisively removed Egypt as being a buffer between Judah and Babylon and paved the way for Jerusalem's ultimate destruction. Now, like I said, I'm going to do my best to, to, to make some application. And I'll say this, one of the, one of the things that this passage, um, one of the things we can learn from this chapter, specifically Judah's attitude towards Egypt, Judah had a tendency, they had a bad habit of turning to Egypt to aid rather than the Lord their God. Amen. And every time they did, uh, listen, uh, they, they ended up disappointed. And Egypt always let the people of God down. And I don't know what it is, but we as God's people, we have a tendency to turn to Egypt for help instead of turning to God. And I want to remind you, friend, there, we've already said there's no hope in Egypt, but brother, there ain't no help in Egypt either. Amen. Pharaoh was not a friend of God's people. You show me one passage of the Bible where, uh, amen, uh, a Pharaoh or a king of Egypt did anything good for the people of God. But you know, still to this day, we want to we view Egypt as being our friend when in reality they're our enemy. The world is not your friend, brother. The world is your enemy. To be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God. And not only that, the kings of Egypt. Uh, you know... <laughs> I'm, I will get in trouble now. You know, a lot of, a lot of people were guilty four years ago in trying to put our hope in the king of Egypt. Yeah, man. Uh, and we thought that, that Trump was going to be our savior, amen. Well, that didn't happen. And now we see the same thing happening today. Friend, you better be careful about putting your hope in, in, in a king of Egypt. Amen. Listen, the answer to our problems is not uh, a politician. It's not a new president, amen. The Lord can do more for me than Trump ever thought about doing. Amen. So I need to be very careful about turning to, you know what, oh my, you know what the Bible describes Nico later on down in this chapter as being a blowhard. Huh? I'm just telling you the truth tonight. Amen. He's full of hot air. He wanted to promise you the world, and then he had to be a he had to be a politician. Amen, brother. I'm just telling you, our hope is not in anything that has to do with Egypt. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. You help me preach tonight. That's right. Production, verse number two which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, smote in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Now, we have saw all this. But friend, I'm just telling you, Nebuchadnezzar won this battle decisively. Amen. And again, this, and this, this opened up the door for Nebuchadnezzar to not just, once he defeated Egypt, uh, it opened up the door for Nebuchadnezzar, uh, amen, to have a straight shot, and nothing prohibited him at that point in time, from destroying Jerusalem, which he ultimately did. Brother, I don't want the world to be my buffer. I want Jesus Christ to be. 
Amen. We need the Lord's hedge to be about us, not the world's. Amen. We, we don't need the world's insurance policy. We need God's. Amen. Verse number 3 and 4, preparation. Order ye the buckler and the shield and draw near to battle. Harness the horses and get up, ye horsemen. Stand forth with your helmets. Furbish the spears and put on the brigadines. You know what, what, what Jeremiah is doing now? He's describing the battle of Carchemish. Uh, verse number 5 and 6, a description, Wherefore have I seen them dismayed? Now again, this had already transpired. This had already taken place. But God was reminding this remnant at this point in time that was once again repeating, making the same mistake of their predecessors. Amen. Who was once again, God had already revealed, they had already put their hope in Egypt and Egypt had utterly failed them and let them down. And here they were doing it again. So God was reminding His people here what happened the last time that the people of God put their hope in Egypt. Amen. Verse, verse three, uh, 5 and 6. Seen them dismayed and turned away back, and their mighty ones are beaten down and are fled apace. And they look not back, for fear was round about, saith the Lord, let not the swift flee away, nor the mighty man escape. They shall stumble and fall towards the north by the river Euphrates. You know, again... Nebuchadnezzar won decisively. Even though Egypt at that point in time was a formidable foe. You know, at that point in time, Nico and Egypt, they were very comparable to Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar by way of strength. Well, there's an illustration, verse number 7, Who is this that cometh up as a flood? whose waters are moved as the rivers. God described the Egyptian army as a mighty river that was swollen by floodwaters. Again, the army of Egypt that fought against Babylon was an impressive and a formidable foe. A presumption, verse 8, Egypt riseth up, I'm just going to go quickly through some of this, riseth up like a flood and his waters are moved like the rivers and he saith, I'll go up. And I will cover the earth, I will destroy the city and the inhabitants thereof. So what we see transpiring here is Necho, the, the, the Pharaoh of Egypt, he wanted to restore Egypt to her former zenith and her former glory when she had been the greatest empire in all the world during the time of Exodus. Isn't it amazing how that, you know, it's almost as if God's people were always dealing with the world emperor, the world empire. Amen. I believe God did that and I believe God arranged things that way to prove not just to His own people but to the world that He's greater than they are. Amen. Hey, listen, the, the kingdom of God's greater than, uh, amen, than the United States of America. Kingdom of God's greater than China. Kingdom of God's greater than Russia. Iran. Amen. God always has and always will be superior to the kingdoms of this world. Amen. A coalition. Uh, verse number 9. Come up, ye horses, and rage, ye chariots, and let the mighty men come forth, the Ethiopians and Libyans that handle the shield, and the Lydians that handle and bend the bow. So when Necho, uh, Pharaoh of Egypt, came against uh, Nebuchadnezzar and, uh, and the Babylonians, he didn't just do so by himself, but he had a coalition of nations who aligned themselves with him, namely Ethiopia and Libya, and, uh, Lydia, and Lydia, all of these nations, and once again, 
isn't it interesting to see the rel- how that these nations are still relevant today in our, in our world? Ethiopia, Libya, and Lydia all joined in, in a coalition of force and against Babylon. In other words, Nico needed help. Amen. Hey, God doesn't need help. Uh, amen. You, you, you trust some, you, you want to put your faith and your hope in somebody else to take care of you. Well, but they got to turn to somebody else to help, help them help you. Brother, God doesn't need help to meet your need. He can do it alone and by Himself. Retribution, verse number 10. For this is the day of the Lord God of hosts, a day of vengeance, that He may avenge him of his adversaries, and the sword shall devour, and it shall be satiated and made drunk with their blood. We see here that God was not only, uh, we've already saw the Lord executing judgment uh, upon His own people. But listen, friend, God's going to judge the world. The kingdoms of this world, amen, there's a payday for them also. Um, The judgment of the nations, amen, we could talk about that in, in, in the end times. Uh, but listen, I'm just telling you, God knows, not only is God aware of what His people are doing, He knows what the wicked are doing as well. And they're going to have to stand before Him one day. Uh, amen. And they won't get, about, get by and get away with their wickedness either. Uh, verse number 10, of veneration, For the Lord God of hosts hath a sacrifice in the north uh, country by the river Euphrates. I didn't study how many... How many uh, men died during the Battle of Carchemish? I wish I'd have done that. But again, this is a historically famous battle. Not just amongst biblical records, but also secular uh, accounts as well. But many people perish on both sides, whether it be the army of Egypt, especially the army of Egypt, but also the army of Babylon. You know, it was a great bloodletting. It says here that the land would be satiated and made drunk with the blood. But you know what it was, what the Lord's describing it as being a sacrificial offering to the Lord in order to, to appease His wrath. Well, that doesn't surprise us because, amen, the one thing that is, always has and always appeal the Lord, uh, appease the Lord's wrath is blood. And I'm thankful that the blood of Jesus was enough, aren't you? But brother, if, listen, if people reject the blood of Christ, you know what? The only alternative is to appease their own blood. And brother, one of these days, God is going to appease the wrath that He has been laying up in store year after year. Amen. He's going to appease it by a great bloodletting. And boy, does that that fit in harmony with the narrative of of the God of our world? We want to view God as being... This marshmallow, you know, the, the big guy upstairs, big teddy bear. Brother, amen, God can be bloodthirsty. Now, that don't, that's not comfortable, is it? But, brother, it's true. Amen. Uh, there's going to, you know, the, um, the Bible des- describes it as a great, uh, a great, Day of reaping. Amen. When the Lord's going to tread the, the wine press, the grapes of wrath. Amen. Just like, uh, amen, in biblical days, the wine press, the, that's how they harvested wine and harvested grapes, is they'd throw the grapes into this large area and, and then 
uh, amen, uh, the cultivators of the, of the vineyard would literally trample over those grapes and the, the juice of the grapes would just spew out everywhere. And that's picturing how that God's wrath one day is going to fall upon their, this world and there's going to be a great bloodletting such as this world's never known before. A- amen. I'm talking about a time of gore. I- I'm talking about a, a time of horror. Uh, amen. That's the future. Amen. But I'm telling you, one, of these, one way or another, the wrath of God will be appeased. It'll either be appeased on your life by way of his, the blood of His own darling Son that was shed. Or brother, the only alternative is for it to be appeased by, through your blood. What does it say in this same valley? This same valley where Josiah was slain? It says that the blood's going to flow to the horse's bridle. That's a lot of blood, brother. That's a big valley. Amen? But I'm just telling you, this world's in. God is going to not just judge His own people, but God's going to judge the nations of this world as well. And He will get the last word. Amen. Doesn't present a very pretty picture, does it? I'll give you hope at the end. Um, a retribution. We've already said that. A veneration. We've already said, a medication. Verse number 10 Go up into Gilead and take balm, O virgin, the daughter of Egypt. In vain shalt thou use many medication, for thou shalt not be cured. E- Egypt's wounds would be incurable. Amen. I'm thankful that the wounds uh, of, of, and Brother William even mentioned it last night, as he uh, did a wonderful job uh, in, a, in a very difficult situation. But he said, uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Am I quoting that right, brother? Amen. Aren't you thankful that, that, the, wor- that the, Lord's, the Lord's wounds of His own people and I'm getting make it ready to make a contrast between the way that God deals with His people as opposed to how He deals with the people of Egypt, the people of this world. Amen. Anytime God wounds your life, anybody know what it is for the Lord to wound you? Amen. Just like the pruner. Amen. The Lord is a, is a vine dresser. And sometimes He sees fit to prune the vine. And you know what, it, what that means? That literally means to take a night knife and to cut out the bad places anybody know what it is for the lord to to cut into your life the word of god is sharper than it amen anybody know what it is to be cut by the lord but did you know anytime the lord cuts your life it may hurt you but it's for your benefit amen anything that the lord providentially allows to come into your life it's not for evil amen the devil might uh mean it is evil against you uh, those whom the devil are using to bring it to pass, amen, they may want to hurt you and wound your life. But brother, if God's letting it happen, if you're His child, amen, uh, they may mean it as evil against you, but the Lord means it unto good. Isn't that a blessing? Now there's a humiliation. The nations have heard of thy shame, and thy cry hath filled the land. For the mighty man hath stumbled against the mighty, and they are fallen both together. Again, Egypt is known as one, in history as one of the great empires. And not just Egypt. It's amazing how that some of the greatest uh, empires in all the world's history 
they existed during this short period of time. Historically, we're talking about just a couple of hundred years, really. You have, uh, amen, Egypt, you have Assyria, you have uh, Babylon, and then it moved on uh, to Persia, and then uh, eventually Egypt and Rome, the great empires of the earth, such as the world has never known, but God humbled every single one of them. So this goes back, say, give me an application. Well, if God humbled them, He'll humble America. I'm telling you, one of these days, God's going to bring the land that you and I love to her knees. Amen. And I don't believe it's going to be long, do you? Amen. A transition. Egypt would be humiliated on a world stage by way of her defeat at this battle. Could it be that America's greatest chapter hasn't even been written yet? But could it be that her greatest, her defining moment, will not be a, a moment of prosperity and success, but it'll be a moment of humiliation and defeat? Right? I think that's very possible. Transition, verse 12, the word that the Lord spake to Jeremiah the prophet, how Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, should come and smite the land of Egypt. Now, that, that, here's another transition that is taking place right in the middle of cha the chapter. Up to this point, the first 11 verses, Jeremiah is talking exclusively about the battle of Carchemish that historically had already taken place. But now he's, he's talking about a new prophecy regarding a separate and impending invasion of Egypt by Babylon. At the battle of Carchemish, that didn't occur in Babylon. It didn't occur... In Egypt, it occurred uh, close to the river Euphrates. Uh, and, and what, what was, Nico was trying to do, he was trying to cut off uh, Nebuchadnezzar's trade supply along the great Euphrates River. But now we're talking about a time when, when amen, the battle was going to come onto Egypt's turf. Uh, amen, the war wasn't going to take place overseas and somewhere else. It was going to be on their own territory. It's been, and again, this is speaking. It's been a long time since uh, there's been war on American soil. But did you know it could happen again? Right? Declaration. Well, okay, let me say this. Historically, there, there were two attempted invasions of Egypt by Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, the first was at the Battle of Migdol, which is mentioned right here in our text, on the Sinai Peninsula in 601 B.C. Listen, this first attempt, Nebuchadnezzar failed and was defeated, and the secular historians want to use this as evidence that the Bible is fallible. Amen. Well, they just need to look, dig a little deeper. Because a few years later, in 567, after Nico had died, and a new Pharaoh was on the throne. Nebuchadnezzar was successful in his attempts to invade Egypt. Isn't that interesting? Uh, declaration. Verse 14, Declare ye in Egypt and publish in Migdal, there it is, and publish in Noph and in Taphanes. These are all locations in Egypt. Say ye, stand fast and prepare thee, for the sword shall devour round about thee. We're going away from history and now we're talking about future prophecy. Not in the future as it relates to us, but I'm talking about the future as it relates to the day Jeremiah was living in. 
There's a manipulation, verse 15 and 16. Why are thy valiant men swept away? They stood not because the Lord did drive them. He made many to fall, yea, one fell upon another. Now, although this prophecy is being directed towards Egypt, it's a judgment of Egypt, yet specifically we're going to see at the, at the, at the end, it means God's got a message for His own people. God's got a message for the Jews. Hey, you need to learn the lessons of the past. If it happened once, it's going to happen again. Verse 16, an evacuation, and they said, Arise, and let us go again to our own people and to the land of our nativity from the oppressing sword. Uh, Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar was going to overrun the Egyptian army. Now there's an opinion, verse 17, they did cry there, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, here it is, is but a noise. He hath passed the time appointed. Amen. All this, this, this man that liked to uh, promise the world and talk about how great it was going to be and now that he, how he was going to defeat the great Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, when it... When it's all said and done, all he did was, all he was was a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. He hath, he's past his prime. Yeah, man. Once again, don't put your hope in the kings of Egypt. You help me preach tonight. Verse 18, an attestation. As I live, saith the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts, surely as Tabor is among the mountains and as Carmel by the sea, so shall he come. Amen. Jeremiah had given very accurate prophecies concerning the fact that Nebuchadnezzar was going to come against Judah. Now he was saying, just as sure as I'm standing here this moment, Nebuchadnezzar is going to come against Egypt. And his prophecy came true. The invasion of Egypt by Nebuchadnezzar was certain and unavoidable. Why? Because God said it was going to happen. Amen. Let me just say to you tonight, the, the prophetic the unfulfilled prophecies of the Bible, uh, amen, that still uh, lay ahead to be fulfilled, brother, they're sure as if they've already taken place, just as the Bible says that they are. There's a desolation, verse number 19, O thou daughter dwelling in Egypt, furnish thyself to go into captivity, for Noph shall be waste and desolate without and inhabit again Noph. Uh, this, this is prophesying the future destruction of Noph which was one of the great cities of Egypt, ancient Egypt. The destruction, verse number 20, Egypt is like a very fair heifer, but destruction cometh, it cometh out of the north. Speaking of Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar, but brother Judah, there was a time when Judah, amen, was very fair, was very beautiful. Uh, amen, because of the walls that surrounded the city, uh, amen, the people of God felt as if they were invincible. And indestructible. But brother, God brought the walls of man. Brother, we don't need man's hedge. We need God's hedge. Huh? What would they call the Titanic? The unsinkable ship? Amen. They, bra bra they said even God Himself couldn't sink this ship. God showed them otherwise, did He not? Brother, America's not invincible. Uh, amen? America is not indestructible. Neither was Egypt. Visitation, verse 21. Also her hired men, uh, her helpers, those, uh, amen, that she, uh, amen, uh, paid to come and assist her. The Libyans, uh, the Ethiopians, the Lydians, uh, amen. They're in the midst of her like fatted bullocks. For they also are turned back and are fled away together 
they did not stand because the day of their calamity was come upon them in the time of their visitation. This was judgment that was divinely appointed by God Himself. Uh, amen. And brother, when it comes to God's divine appointments, there ain't no cancel. cancel. You, you can't call and cancel an appointment with God. Hey, man. Do you know what God's people always, they wanted to make, they wanted to make ungodly alliances with the people of this world. And brother, God's people are still in the business of doing the same. We want to turn to the world for help. Amen. The church is adopting all kinds of worldly methods. Amen. And, and, and worldly uh, amen, uh, philosophies and ideas to do the business of God. Brother, unholy alliances have never been successful in the past and they won't be in our day either. Egypt's alliance would fail. Numeration 22 and 23, The voice thereof shall go like a serpent, for they shall march with an army and come against her with axes. As hewers of wood, they shall cut down their forests, saith the Lord, though it cannot be searched, because they are more than the grasshoppers and are innumerable. Nebuchadnezzar's army would be so great that nobody could even number it. A delegation, 24, The daughter of Egypt shall be confounded. She shall be delivered into the hand of the people of the north. God was going to turn. Just, listen, just as if God turned the Jews over to Babylonian to, or to Babylon, He was getting ready to do the same to Egypt. The motivation, verse 25. Now here's the reason. And this is a very consistent narrative of the entire book and the entire Bible. Matter of fact, verse 25, The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, said, Behold, I will punish the multitude of Nah and Pharaoh and Egypt with their gods and their kings, even Pharaoh and all them that trust in him. Brother, I'm just telling you one sin God never has tolerated and never will is the sin of idolatry. Amen. We put idols and we begin to worship other gods. Amen. You just mark it down. He's going to make sure He shows that there is only one true and living God. And His name's Jehovah. Reconstruction. And I will deliver them, verse 26, into the hand of those that seek their lives and into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of his servants. And afterwards it shall be inhabited as in the days of old, saith the Lord. Isn't it great that... Amen. There's a happy ending to the story. God was promised. God, this is a demonstration by God of showing mercy, not just on the Jews, but on the Egyptians. He said, There's going to be a rebuilding. It's going to be re inhabited as in the days of old. Brother, is Egypt inhabited today? Yes, it is. Amen. Salvation. Now, here, verse number 27. And I'll deliver them into the hands of those that seek their lives and into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of his servants, and after it were shall be inhabited as in the days of old. I miss something somewhere. I do that every now and then. I'm guilty. Okay, yeah, I see. I just doubled that up. Uh, look with me at verse number 27. Amen. But fear thou not, or fear not thou, O my servant Jacob, and be not dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save thee from afar. 
off and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return and be in rest and at ease, and none shall make him afraid. So again, now God is turning his attention back to the people of Judah, back to the remnant, and saying, I'm going to save you from those that you're currently uh, in under captivity. And finally, we've, and, and this is where we, we bring it all together, a correction. Verse number eight, or 28, first of all, companion, Fear thou not, O Jacob, my servant, saith the Lord, for I am with thee. Aren't you thankful that regardless, and, and we don't understand everything that God is doing in this world. Brother, I'm telling you, God's ways are higher than our, our ways. But I know one thing, He does all things well. Amen. And, and, and when it comes to the, uh, the orders and the statutes and the judgments of God, uh, amen, did you know that, amen, God, God, God has an interest in what's going on in Russia, what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on in China, what's going on in Africa. Amen. Uh, brother, uh, God ain't everything, but He's everywhere. Right? But let me just say to you that regardless of, of what's going on, the Lord's with us. We don't have to fear because we've got God on our side. And that brings me to the last thing. A correction, verse 28. For I'll make a full end of all the nations whither I have driven thee. But I'll not make a full end of thee, but I'll correct thee while like this in measure. Yet will I not leave thee wholly unpunished. Here, and this is just a masterful job by Jeremiah and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God showing he's making a contrast between the way God deals with the nations and the people of the world as it relates to the people of God. Brother God, you say preacher, I'm talking about destruction versus correction. When God punishes the world, He's going to utterly destroy them. Brother, you don't have to, if you're saved, you don't have to worry about, uh, you will not be utterly cast down. Amen? Now God, He said, I'm not going to leave you unpunished. You're my child. And I, if, if you need, if you need to, 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 to be chastised and disciplined, you better believe I'll do it. But I'm going to correct you in measure. Man, isn't that beautiful? When God did, listen, I, I guarantee you that if I were to ask Dad, and I, I, I'm ending things, but if I were to ask Dad, there's times where he'd say, you know, there was occasions where I was probably too hard on him. Right? But I'd say he'd also say there's more times where he's too easy on me. Right? No doubt. <laughs> and, and that's not, listen, it's not always easy as a parent when to be merciful or when to drop the hammer. But brother, you don't have to worry about God. Amen. When God disciplines us, when God corrects us, when God chastens us, amen, He does it in measure. And He doesn't do it for our evil, but He does it for our good. Amen. Anytime that God, amen, will God allow you to be hurt? Yes, He will. But when He does, He does it to help you. Amen. He does it. Uh, amen. Ye meant it unto evil against me, but God meant it unto good. Brother, in fact, and, and we, could spend an, we could spend an hour preaching on the chastisement of the Lord. Amen. And, and, and brother, you know what, what happens when any time, listen, I, I, don't, I can't think of any time that I've went to discipline my girls and, and they, they, were, they just went along with it. You know, okay, Daddy, yeah, go go for it. No, they usually want to resist, right? But, but 
listen, if there's anything in our lives that you and I ought to be thankful for, it's the chastisement of God in upon our lives. Amen? Brother, you better be glad God don't let you do whatever you want to do. You, you, you better be glad the Lord doesn't just give you your way all the time. Amen? You better, you better be glad that God doesn't always allow you to get away with your sin, brother. Amen? He'll hold you accountable. and he'll ch- But you know what that is? That's the greatest evidence in your life that you're saved by His amazing grace. That's the truth. And I'm glad that when the Lord corrects us, when He disciplines, and when He chastens our lives... He does so by measure. And He'll never go too hard on us. He'll never go too easy on us. But when it comes to His correction, it's always done in measure and it's always done perfectly. Well, there's a lesson for our children too while we're at it. Can I just throw this in there? Maybe not for William and Beth, but for me and Holly. Amen. You know something my daughters need to be thankful for? Amen that they've got a daddy that loves them enough to correct them when they do wrong. Isn't that true? You know, the truth of the matter is, we live in a world where a lot of parents just let their kids get away with anything and everything. And, and there's evidence that you, you say, will you show me some evidence? Go to the, go to the classroom. You'll see a, a group, you'll see a generation of young people that are void of discipline. They do not know what it is to be held accountable. Amen? And if that's not good enough, just go down to the, to the rec center and watch a few basketball games. But I'm just thankful. I'm thankful. Now, it's easy for me to say this on the back end of it, but I'm thankful that I had a daddy that didn't care to lay the lumber every once in a while. Amen? That didn't care to correct me and to discipline my life. And I'm just saying to all of our children, if we've got mamas and daddies that love us enough to tell us no every once in a while and to correct us and to discipline and to chasten us, we need to be thankful for it because it's one of the greatest, one of the greatest de- demonstrations of true love we could ever receive. And I won't charge you for that one, hallelujah. Let's all stand and we'll be dismissed tonight. Father in heaven, I love you. And Lord, I thank you for helping me. God, I just approach chapters like this. And Lord, just how in the world am I going to get this across? And How am I going to relate this to you people? But Lord, you have helped us. And Lord, there's lessons we can learn, not only in your dealings with with us as your people, but also with the the people of this world. But God, if you did it once, you can do it again. And Lord, I I just pray that as American citizens, we would understand that, uh, Lord, if you brought judgment upon Egypt and upon Rome and upon Greece and upon Babylon and Persia, and uh, Assyria, and we could go on, and, and Egypt. God, if you did that in, in, in Bible days, you'll do it in our, our day as well. Lord, I love you, and I thank you, and I praise you. And Lord, let the, let the people receive what's been said, not by the preacher, but by the Word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, all God's people said, Amen, you are dismissed.
check, check. Check one, check two. <laughs> check one, check <laughs> Check one, check two. Wanna plug my. No, I'm just wanna plug my. Wanna plug. Carly, Caroline, check one, check two. Hey, Jeannie. Hey, Jenny. Jenny. Oh, she's still in. Carolyn. 
Carly.
wonderfully made. I'm so wonderfully made. Wonderfully made. <laughs> They're good. They're good. I bet you won't. I bet you won't. I bet you won't. I bet you won't. Been there and done it. Can you really hear me? I do. I want. I do. <laughs> 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 <laughs>